Welcome to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. May the Word of God be a blessing to you. Connect with us and consider giving online at lifespringchurch.us. I'm going to read to you from 1 Samuel, the 16th chapter, starting with verse 7. This is when Samuel was on his way to Jesse's house. To anoint. And this is what the Lord said. He said, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Don't look on his countenance. Don't look on his height. Don't look on his stature. Because those are the ones that I have refused. He said, For the Lord seeth not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance, but God looketh on The heart. Sometimes God picks who we think is the least likely. Can I preach to you for a few moments about the highly unlikely? I I just got a feeling that there's this place is full of a a lot of people that you feel highly unlikely. Could God use me? Could God do that for me? I've come to tell you, yeah. Because he likes working with the highly unlikely. Amen, amen. You may be seated. Give somebody a high five as you're sitting down. God works well in the areas with people and situations that we think are impossible. Matter of fact, that's probably where God does his best work. Sometimes we, 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 we've got to be put into a place there is no way out. It's kind of, kind of like the old westerns, you know, the guy's in, in, in you know, he's by himself and He's trapped, and there's no way he's getting out of this situation. And, and, you know, there's 20 guns out on the street waiting for him to come out of the saloon. You seen that one? And, and, he, and he's like, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? About that time, the second cousin from, the, from three generations ago comes rolling into town with his buddies. What seemed impossible, all of a sudden the odds changed. I've come to preach to somebody. The odds have changed. The the odds are in your favor this morning. Because God God likes when you're at that place where you you don't understand. And and matter of fact, you may not, we'll just be honest, you don't like where you are right now because it's uncomfortable and and, and you, you, you feel confused right now. But God says, hang on. I'm about to bring that third cousin, (laughs) and we're about to show up and work this thing out for you. Amen. He works with the highly unlikely, the unexpected, the impossible. The truth is that God's been doing this since the beginning of time. You go back to all the way to Genesis chapter 1. It says, in the beginning, 
God created the heaven and the earth. Get this thing out. This is buzzing. My watch tells me good workout. <laughs> but then this next part of the verse, the, the Bible says, the earth was with, with, without form. The earth was void. And then it says, darkness was upon the face of the deep. And then God shows up. I don't know. I, I just know what I feel in my spirit right now. Somebody, you, you, you feel like there's nothing but darkness. You, you, you feel like there, there's no form and, and you, you, you've been wandering around in a void. Hang on. Because the Bible says that when God shows up and he speaks, he just said, let there be light. And the darkness had to, to leave and light shows up. I don't know who needs light this morning, but I, I'm here to preach to you this morning. God's speaking right now to bring light into your life, to drive the darkness out of your life, to, draw, to drive that void and that, 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 that lack of form that you feel right now. He says, hang on, I, I've got you right now. What happened? What did I do? Talking about light and lights go out. <laughs> do you understand? From the very beginning of time, God proved his power. Woo! I don't know about you. That, that just kind of excites me. To, 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 if he can take Oh, this world that we live in that was without form, void, and darkness was on it. And he just said one word, light. Oh, God, speak today. Show up here today, Lord. Speak. Speak a light into somebody's life. Drive the darkness out, Lord. If any of us was looking at that, that situation, even though there was no people at that time, but if we had been there, we would say that's impossible. There's no good that can come out of that. Some of you have been telling yourselves, there's no good that can come out of this because you don't know where I've been, preacher. You don't know what I've been through. You don't know the chaos and, and, and the, the darkness is, that surrounds me right now. And sure, other people might look at you and see that they're, 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 there's no good that's going to come out of that. But hang on. We're not talking about what people see. I'm talking about what God can see. I believe God hath already prepared something for you. Before this service started, God had a plan in mind. Woo! Since the beginning of time, God has been working with the unlikely. Darkness has never stopped God. Never. 
the lack of form, substance, never stopped God. There's never been a deterrent to God. And when things looked hopeless, God still moved. Can, can I tell you a few stories out of the Bible about some highly unlikely situations? Second Kings. There was a great famine in the land, the Bible says, in Samaria. It says that a donkey's head sold for four pieces of silver. It says dove's dung sold for five pieces of silver. And then the prophet gets up and makes this absurd declaration. He said, hear ye the word of the Lord. Oh, I hope somebody's listening this morning. He says, thus saith the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, Shall a measure of fine flour be sowed for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria? And then the king stands up and he begins to mock Elisha and God. And the very next verse, you know, usually a story has a, you know, transit. There was no transition. The very next verse, it says, there were four lepers sitting on the outside of the gate, starving. Now, if you was looking for somebody to save the city, I doubt if you would have walked outside and said, hey, guys, we need your help. Matter of fact, they were shunned. Nobody wanted anything to do with them. But they said, you know what? If we, if we try to go in the city... There's nothing there. They said, I know where something is. Over the enemy's camp. Man, that doesn't make any sense. Highly unlikely. (laughs) But yet, they said, if we go over there and they just go ahead and kill us, well, that just, we're dying anyways. That was their attitude. That was their spirit. And the Bible says that they got up and began to walk. And as they began to walk, the Bible says that God created a sound in the enemy's camp. I've heard preachers preach it that, you know, God had a microphone down by their steps. And every time, you know, they were stepping, it was, I I don't know. Because that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God made the sound of of horses' chariots, the footsteps of of soldiers. And they begin to talk amongst themselves in the enemy's camp. They said, oh, my Lord, they've gone and got others to come and overtake us. And so when when the, the four unlikely lepers walk in, it's like, hello? Hello? They start peeking in tents and nobody's there. 
And they saw some food over there and they saw some gold and some silver and they began to, to grab these things and the Bible says that they ran out and hid it. They went back again and said, well, let's eat a little bit. And they started eating. And then they grabbed up some more gold, more silver and they ran out and they hid it again. And then as they came back, they said, wait a second. We, 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 what are we doing? And they went to their city, Samaria, and they knocked on the door. They said, hey, the enemy's gone. God used four highly unlikely people to bring about the prophecy that the prophet had declared that the day before. And the Bible says that the people got up and the king that mocked and said, that'll never happen. The Bible says that he was trampled under their feet and he died in the gate of the city while they all went and ate. But it was all because of four unlikely characters. Then you, you go to the story and, and, and Samuel, Samuel's going to Jesse's house. He, he's been told to, to go there and to anoint the next king. So when Samuel walks in, he's, and, and, and Jesse's honored. So Jesse starts parading his, his boys in front of the prophet. Somebody needs to hear this this morning. Because you, you have already discredited yourself. Because you're not the eldest. Uh, you're, you're, you're not the best looking. Uh, you, you don't have the, all the gifts. and You don't have all the talents. And, and you may not even know a whole lot about Pentecost. And you say, well, why would God do anything for me? And as, as, as Jesse began to parade his boys by, Samuel said, nope, not him. Nope, not him. Nope, not him. No, not him. No, not him. No, not him. Until they all had passed by. And he said, is there anybody else? Think about this. The youngest. The highly unlikely. He said, oh yeah, I got one more. He's out, out in the field tending to the sheep and the goats he said, bring him. He said, I won't sit down until he comes in. And the Bible says that when he walked in the door, the prophet took the oil and he began to pour the oil on, on, on him. Could you imagine what the brothers thought about that time? Can you imagine what Jesse felt like at that time? But that's not the one that I would have picked. That you need to have picked my, my eldest. He, he's the strongest. He's the brightest. He's got all this and all that. But God said, no, 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 no. You're looking at the wrong thing. You're looking at the outward appearance. But he said, I'm looking at the heart. I wonder, is there anybody here that has a heart for the things of God this morning that says, you know what, I'm tired of being... I, I, the, the, the last, uh, but God, if you'll see anything in me, pour your anointing on me. Pour the oil on me this morning. <laughs> 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 and then you go to the next chapter. 
And Jesse sends the highly unlikely one to take his brothers some, some cheese and crackers. He rolls into camp and he hears this booming voice. He says, what's going on? Everybody's hiding behind the rocks. But this little highly unlikely boy says, hang on a second. I'll fight him. What, 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 what does the one that's, that kills the giant get? He, he asked that. They said, he'll get the king's daughter. He gets this and he gets this. And he's like, show me the whip. Show me, show me the how. Win. And his brothers tried to shut him up. You know why? Because they thought he was highly unlikely. He had not been trained. Matter of fact, they took him to the king's quarters and said, this boy wants to fight the giant. King says, well, where's your armor? I don't have any. Where's your sword? I don't have one. Where's your spear? I don't have one. Are you getting this? From every aspect, he was the unlikely one. Oh, I wish somebody was here to be this morning. I don't care what the enemies told you. I don't care what, what deficits you feel like you might have. If you've got a heart for the things of God, look out. Because there's nothing that you can't do. There's nothing that God won't use you in. The king puts his armor on him, puts a sword in his hand, and it drops to the ground and, and gives him the spear that's ten times as tall as he is probably. And, and he, he, he looks at the king and says, I, 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 I can't do anything with these. So what do you have? He says, i got a slingshot. Now, now Goliath, you got to understand this. Goliath had challenged them that whoever wins this battle, the other army submits. Who's going to put their trust in that little boy? Because he was highly unlikely. Hmm. I don't know what, what rose up in the king's heart. But he said, go ahead. The Bible says that David walked out. He walked by the brook. And he picked up five stones. I've heard people preach that stands for J-E-S-U-S. That stands for this, this, and this, and this. You know what? I, this is my belief. He picked up five stones because that's all his pouch would hold. I don't think there was any really significance in the number of stones. But just by the mere fact that he said, I'm going to fill up this pouch with what I can. And I'm going to give it everything I got. The Bible says that he walked out on the field. And then David said these words to the Philistine. He said, thou comest to me with a sword. With a spear and with a shield. 
He said, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts. He said, I come to thee, the God of the armies of Israel, who thou hast defied this day. He said, I'm not going to defeat you. But he said, the Lord's going to deliver you into my hand. And I will smite thee. I will take thy head from thee. And I will give the carcass of the host. Do you hear this? This highly unlikely young boy did not put trust within himself. I'm telling somebody this morning what you have been trying to get. You've been trying to earn. It's it's not coming like that. What's going to happen is just when you realize it's the God of the the host. It's it's the, the... the God, the name of the Lord Jesus Christ that's going to work through you. It's going to heal you. Oh, I thank God for doctors. But the reason I'm standing here today was not because of doctors, but because of the hand of the Lord that touched my life seven years ago. I'm supposed to be dead. This main artery that runs down the left side of my chest, you know how much it's grown in in seven years? One millimeter. You can't see that with the naked eye. That's not a doctor. That's the God that I serve that's doing something that's impossible with a highly unlikely person right now. Because I know my weaknesses. I know my shortcomings. I know my failures. And why am I standing here preaching today? I don't know. But I've come to preach to somebody that God uses the highly unlikely. God will fill the highly unlikely with the Holy Ghost. He'll take the highly unlikely and make preachers out of them. He'll take the highly unlikely and allow them to lay hands on the sick. He'll take the highly unlikely and use them to manifest himself, to let his glory be seen, to let his glory shine. what you all just prayed a few moments ago for each other. Tell you what I'm feeling in my spirit right now. Even when I said, pray for the one next to you that you're holding your hand, some of you felt unqualified at that moment. I know what I'm preaching this morning. I know what God put in my heart. We're a bunch of nobodies. Why are you having me pray for him? And why, why are you having me pray for her? I need help. Because I'm highly unlikely. I'm almost tempted to tell you to pray again. Because I'm telling you, I feel an anointing right now. I feel a boldness in the spirit right now. I just want to tell the enemy, guess what? God's about to give me your head. I'm about to serve it up to the enemies, to the the fowls of the heirs. Amen. Because I serve a mighty God this morning. 
that uses the highly unlikely. If you ever know how to pray, when I talked about last night, we need intercessory prayer, people. This is the time that you begin to let the intercessory prayer work through because God's trying to break through even in this service right now. You move over into the New Testament, and what, what does God do? He takes 12 unlikely men. If you were going to pick 12 disciples, who would you have picked? You would have picked somebody with authority. You would have picked somebody that, that had the good looks. And you would have picked somebody that had, had the talents. And you would have picked somebody that, that everybody looked up to. But Jesus goes down the road. And he stops it. He picks a fisherman. He picks a tax collector. Who likes tax collectors? He picks a revolutionary. And these men, they had failures. They had struggles. And I would dare to say that when he, Jesus picked them out of the crowd, they had doubts. But yet God did extraordinary things with these 12 highly unlikely people. Matter of fact, the Bible tells me that they turned the whole world upside down. We're, we're just the small church down the road. Oh, we got to get rid of that mentality. Because I'm here to tell you, God chooses the highly unlikely. Is it possible that this is the place, this is the location that God is going to set the revival in Springfield afire? Well, the, the, there's the church over there on the other side of town. They run this, and, and they've got this. they got a bass player over there. they got three drummers and four keyboard players. they even got a guitar player. they got a youth pastor. they got an assistant pastor. they got a prayer coordinator. they got all the things that are needed. It's just a little of us over here, though. Did you hear what I said? God took 12 highly unlikely men and turned the known world upside down. Oh, if that doesn't encourage you, I'm done. I'll, I'll quit. I'll just, I just... Oh! God has specific purpose for every one of us. It's just we disqualify ourselves. 
And we speak words of doubt. We speak words of fear. And we become entrapped by our own words. You know why David was successful that day? Because he didn't, he didn't listen to the other voices. I, I guarantee you there were voices in his head saying, boy, what are you doing? took a slingshot. It doesn't make any sense to go fight a giant with a slingshot. But David was skilled. God will take you right where you are. Oh my God. Hear me right now. God will take you right where you are and use what you got. You may not be skilled with the, sh- the, the sword. You may not be skilled with the spear. But if you got a slingshot, I'm challenging somebody to pull your slingshot out. Pass by the brook. Fill up your pouch with everything that you can. And step onto the battlefield. And when you let that rock go, it's not going to be your aim. But it's going to be the guidance of God's hand that's going to slay your enemies. That's going to knock down and defeat and loose you. Then who did God use to preach the first apostolic message? The one that just a few days before denied that he'd do it. Three times. You guys said, oh yeah, I'm going to use him to preach the first message. Seriously? Are you getting this? Just days before, I don't know him. Never been with him. Never seen him. Nope. And God takes him. And he stands up on the day of Pentecost. He says, this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In the last days, I'm going to pour out my own. Are you hearing me right now? God took the highly unlikely one of the 12. And he said, I'm going to use you to preach this message. God calls you. He also puts something in you. It's not of yourself. He puts a stamp of approval on you. I'm preaching to somebody this morning. God has faith in you. God has confidence in you this morning. God isn't always looking for the most perfect and talented person. He's just looking for someone that's willing. That's all David was. 
He wasn't trying to, to show his brothers up. He wasn't trying to be arrogant or nothing. But he, he, he knew what God had done for him on the backside of a desert. He killed a lion. He killed a bear. And David knew that he didn't have the strength to do that. He said, but hey, if this God can do that, then surely he's not going to let this guy defy the armies of the Lord. And so David stepped out there, highly unlikely. Can I give you one more scripture? Jeremiah, the first chapter. This is what God thinks of you. He said, before I formed thee in the belly, I knew thee. Before thou camest forth out of the womb, he said, I sanctified thee. And he goes on, he says, I ordained thee a prophet unto the nations. And then he said, I, Lord, I cannot speak, for I am but a child. But the Lord said unto me, say not, hear this. He discredited himself. When God called him, the first thing he did, he discredited himself. God said, say not that I'm a child, for thou shalt go to all that I shall send thee, and whatsoever I command thee, thou shalt speak. Be not afraid of their faces, for I am with thee to deliver thee, saith the Lord. disqualifying yourself. And I say this with confidence. Those of you about to get the Holy Ghost, don't you come up here disqualified. You come up here saying, here I am. God, I may not be much to look at. I've made mistakes. I've made failures. I've made some blunders. But if you see something in me, and he does, he said, I knew thee in your mother's womb. I knew thee before you was even formed. Are you hearing me this morning? God knows you. Brother, you, you spoke last night about... You sat right there in the chair behind you and you said, I felt God lead me to do this and to do that. But you have kept disqualifying yourself. Today's the last day to disqualify yourself because God has called you. The things that God has tried to get you to do, the things that God has tried to get you to speak, he has sent me here to tell you one more time, open your mouth, let it flow. Don't worry what anybody else says. Trust me, saith the Lord. God's called you. 
You're studying in college for civil engineering, but God's calling is going to be beyond that. There's an anointing on you, and you have not felt qualified because you say, I don't have this gift, and I don't have that gift. But God has told me to tell you this morning, amen, just trust him, follow him, and he's going to take you places you have never believed, things that you haven't seen. He's going to use you in giftings and callings. In the name of Jesus right now, I pray that there be a loosing in the Holy Ghost in his mind as well as his spirit, Lord. In the name of Jesus Christ. I'm trying to wind this down. The blood of Jesus would be in vain if others' opinions about you could stop the call of God on your life. You know why? Because I stand here as evidence That he still uses the highly unlikely. And I don't say that with, with haughtiness, but I say that with, with humble spirit this morning. If you only knew the things that I've been through. I've been through a divorce. And when I, when I went through the divorce and my wife left and I, I thought my, my world was done. And yet here I stand preaching. Because God still uses the highly unlikely. Thank you for listening to the LifeSpring Church Podcast. Join us in person on Sundays at 11 a.m. Visit us online at lifespringchurch.us.